time is now uh, 2.35 and let's turn to the final part of today's uh, 123 show and that is a Trash Talk. This week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long speaks with Ben Wong, the co-founder of Impact Commons, about efforts to help environmental and sustainability-focused startups. Good afternoon, Trash Talk listeners. We've talked a lot recently about eco-entrepreneurship. Because in Hong Kong, there aren't a lot of rules around reuse, reduce, recycle, and we don't have a municipal waste authority that magically collects all of our trash and recycling. And although the infrastructure is better now with new community green stations, there's still a lot of room for new eco-startup ideas. So here with us today to continue this discussion is Ben Wong, co-founder of Impact Commons. Impact Commons is the first social impact accelerator in Asia that recruits new technology startups to address the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, some of which are to reduce land, air, and water pollution. So welcome to the show, Ben. Nice to have you finally. Thank you for having me, Marcy. (laughs) Well, let's start at the beginning. How did Impact Commons come about and why did you co-found it? Yeah, uh, very uh, interesting story. Just a little bit of a personal background is never really gotten into the space uh, before. Uh, I've always been in the startup space, working with technology companies and trying to get them a scale, essentially. And my wife comes from an NGO background, and she's always harping on me on being a little bit more sustainable, <laughs> being a little bit more green. See, we shop at zero so waste. Yes. That's right. <laughs> You know, why are we buying off the shelf shampoo when we could just buy the liquids? And she educated me uh, a lot on, you know, what does it mean to be a responsible citizen and contributing back to the world? And we, uh, and then I started looking into the space and I said, well, um, this problem that we have when it comes to sustainability, climate change, uh, changing user behavior when it comes to plastic waste, et cetera, et cetera, uh, has been this ongoing topic for years and years Way and years. Way too long, right? Way too long. And then I kind of try to apply technology to it. If we look historically, uh, what has really uh, made a big paradigm shift in anything, really the backbone of it is technology. And I felt that with technology, uh, you have the ability to equip people to be able to scale faster to make an impact. So then we started looking at, okay, well, can we take technology, sustainability, and these problem statements out there and try to make something happen in a form of an accelerator? So I reached out to my co-founder, Ellie Tang, uh, who is the head of sustainability and new world development. And she said, she, she's a guru in this space. She has the depth of knowledge when it comes to, you know, what is addressable out in the market when it comes to the sustainability. Right. And so I said, she knows the sustainability world. You knew the startup That's world. right. Yeah. She's the expert on that side. I have the access to the startups. And I said, why don't we just merge and try to do an accelerator? We recruit startups that are green tech purpose driven and try to use certain frameworks. And in this particular case, we use the UN SDGs and try to help these startups address problems, but yet give them the coaching necessarily to be a a commercially viable company at the same time. 
Right. Um, so that's how we started uh, Impact Commons. <laughs> that's yeah. great. Yeah. And then the UN SDGs for everyone out there is the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. There's a lot of them, and they range, right, from – building up women to equal pay to a wide variety. But for trash talk uh, purposes today, we yep. were going to focus on the ones that were looking at reuse, reduce, recycle. And that you took Urban Spring, for instance, and a company called HM Environmental Technologies that focus on reducing or recycling waste. Give us an example of how you nurtured them and how they're now standing on their own two feet. Yeah. You know, there's so many different milestones that we had with each of these startups. Number one, <laughs> I have to give each of these startups, you know, HM, Urban Spring, CLS, for I get I have to give them a lot of credit because they started off with a purpose and a problem statement. Urban Spring was looking at plastic waste. Uh, they were looking at um, you know people buying water bottles when in fact you can just refill. Uh, CLS is looking at wood waste. How can we process the wood and put it back into buildings? HM is looking at turning wood waste again and making it building material, right? And really looking at circular economy and upcycling. And we felt that all of these purpose-driven startups have amazing stories, and I'm a sucker for these stories. I think we all are. <laughs> I we, guess we, that's why you married your wife, right? That's right. <laughs> I'm a sucker. <laughs> no, uh, but the uh, love the technology, love the story, but it always comes down to how do you keep, and this is no different with any startup, how do you keep them alive? Mm. And how do you shift their focus to make sure that they still can maintain their purpose-driven purpose-led initiative, leveraging their technology, but making it commercially viable. Because we see a lot of instances where, you know, uh, these guys, these founders, they put uh, their heart into trying to make a big change, but they're not doing it in a very systematic way that has already been done before. And we're not introducing them to something new. We're giving them more framework, more mentorship, uh, giving them more resources. And in our particular case at New World, giving them a space to actually try to scale and be able to access our customer base. Um, so so I think that is where uh, it's, it's super uh, valuable. The one insight that a lot of startups don't get uh, on a regular basis is how we make the business decisions. So if you look at uh, you know a conglomerate like ours, you know, what are the decision factors that we go into when we make a decision to bring you on board? And that's something that most of these startups will have insight to, and now we're giving them the insights. So, you know, for Urban Spring in particular, they have these uh, amazing uh, machines. They, they look beautiful. Uh, they're very sleek. They give you a display of how many bottles you've saved uh, by using their refill uh, stations. But the most common thing when we were introducing them to multiple business units was, does it give you hot water mm. and how do you actually hook it up? And this is something that's, a, that's an insight for Urban Spring to go, well, th these are the top two concerns from multiple business units, oh, that's from multiple right? customers. Yeah. So this gives them insight on what they need to do in their pipeline. Right? Got it. Uh, and, and that was, uh, you know, I think, very insightful for them. So then, so you'll take these startups in for 12 weeks? Is that how long it is normally? Yeah, roughly 12 weeks of this kind of crunch time of putting them in front of business units. I see. So so they get to work in your space. Yep. 
right? And then you have a little bit of training throughout. Yeah. And how does that? How is that structured? We we view ourselves as less training, more business.、Um, so we we do give them a little bit of how to prepare yourself、uh, when you are pitching. Don't go in there with your typical story.、Uh, go in there and trying to land a pilot with this business unit because we've already attained their interests. We've already talked to them before. We spoke to you. We've designed a problem statement with the business unit already. So we give them a little bit of training on what they need to be able to speak on, and then from our team perspective, we go through a project scope process. And this project scope process is a document that we have. It's almost like a verbal agreement that we have between the business unit, the startup, and our team. And the business units are all New World Group. All New World Group business units. That's、okay. right. Which are pretty big. Lots Very of choices. Big, yeah. And different、uh, verticals. It could be retail, residential, commercial,、uh, hospitality, sports. Just you know, a line of different verticals, which is great for startups. Now, if I'm Urban Spring, I can look at hey. I could put my product in a hotel, or I could put it in a retail space, or I could put it in a sports center.、Um, so every single pitch is different, and in in our world, we can't bring all business units into the table, but we'll do it, you know, day by day, and then that's when you go in that twelve week process of meeting multiple business units and、mm-hmm. trying to filter down the interests, and then at the end of it, trying to land the、uh, project through the project scope. Process and that project scope process is super important for us because in this accelerator space, there's a lot of matching. They call it business matching,、uh, but results are typically hard to measure or it's not there.、Uh, for us,、uh, we really want to look at being able to quantify the results. So that project scope document from the onset identifies that. Okay, and then and the theory is that word accelerator, right? It's twelve weeks, so you're just basically trying to accelerate. Their process of becoming, hopefully, a more established company. That's right. By the end of it. Yeah, and twelve week is a little bit arbitrary,、uh, because most likely what happens is that within those twelve weeks, if they can land and they can do it themselves and they have the resources to do it themselves, please continue.、Uh, but there are times when the commercial、uh, arrangements are a little bit more complex. And then that's when we step in to try to manage expectations, and that typically keeps going. You know, we're still looking at Urban Spring; they're from our cohort number one,、mm-hmm. and we're looking at other,、um, you know, applications、uh, for HM Environmental. We're looking at okay, different construction sites that we can use on it with them, and then for CLS, we're working with them to get you know、uh, potential approval from the Housing Authority. So there's multiple.、Uh, it's not kind of so you don't graduate; you stay in the family. You stay in the family to a certain degree. <laughs> And hopefully, you know, I, I can just say you guys did well. You guys are able to, you know,、uh, again go back on driving the purpose and your objective. And now you're a healthy company, and hopefully scaling. And then investors are, you know, pouring money into you、uh, because there's this wave、yeah. of、uh, sustainability technology,、uh, and it's becoming、uh, much more on the forefront now、yeah. uh, for a lot of investors. There are all the impact investors out there、right. who, when they say I'm an impact investor, you say, "Really? What do you do for a living?" Anyway, <laughs> what does that mean? But、um, so you've got cohort three coming up.、That's、what、right. do you look for in a startup to get accepted into this program? Yeah, that's a very good question.、Um, <laughs> startups are trained to be salesmen. They're they're really good at selling their product, and more more often than not, they they kind of overpromise. 
Uh, and, you know, again, like I said earlier, I'm a sucker for stories. And uh, I can be easily persuaded that you're doing something great, you have a viable business. But then when you start peeling, you know, the different layers, you start seeing, okay, well, actually, the product is not there yet. That's fine. And I think that's what uh, one of the requirements that we're going to start really uh, harping on, on uh, when you pitch your solution, how real is it or how far away are you from actually achieving what you're trying to achieve? Because uh, as an accelerator, my job is to be able to help you commercialize. But to help you commercialize, I also need to manage expectations on the business unit side. Mm. Because they will carve out resources to throw skin in the game in any of these integrations. So if they say, within the six months, I want to solve this problem with a technology startup, and here's my budget and here are my resources, then I've already gotten a green light on here on this side with the business unit, and then I'll go out and find the right startups. So for me, I'm looking for startups that have the capability to scale and be able to articulate that, you know, the stage that they're in so that I can gauge at what point do I bring you in. I see. Yeah. So good if you have a eco startup idea, maybe to already have done a model for yeah, it. Yeah, prototype, prototype, something that has been tested in the space and all it needs is a little bit of tweaking which, you know, that's when we come in and then we look at how we can, you know, in the end, we want to be able to co-commercialize the solution. Got it. Right. Yeah. So question, can an eco startup survive in just Hong Kong or do most of your eco startups tend to have to expand geographically? I, I, that's a very complex uh, question. I feel uh, it really depends. <laughs> depends on COVID. <laughs> depends on COVID. <laughs> I have to say, in this startup space, uh, during COVID in general, these guys are thriving. Mm. And I think it's innate, right? Because these guys are used to pivoting, mm. right? Their business. I do feel that there's a lot of problems uh, when it comes to sustainability in Hong Kong. And that's a pretty big pie, um, you know, to tackle. And I, I do believe that the government has some initiatives to help, you know, uh, lubricate that process to make it a little bit easier for these startups to get there. Um, I feel that if Hong Kong as a test bed, if you can really achieve your initiative and your solution, your technology in this space, and you're able to actually make a big impact, then the scalability of it in the Greater Bay Area, in Southeast Asia, becomes a lot easier, right? Because Hong Kong is a pretty tough place to be able to achieve a green tech solution at a large scale. But if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. Ha, right. Great line to finish yeah. on. If you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. Absolutely. All right, so for all you trash talkers out there that have that great eco-entrepreneur idea, please look at the website for Impact Commons, and Commons is spelled with a K, That's correct? right. So Impact Commons, or maybe you go to the New World Group website. Yeah. Um, they are recruiting Cohort 3 now, so reach out and let's get some more eco-startups coming. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming, Ben. Thank you for having me. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. 
Many thanks once again to Marcy Trentlong speaking with Ben Wong, who's the co-founder of Impact Commons, about their efforts to help environmental-focused startups. Many thanks again uh, to you, Marcy.